Welcome to the Misadventures of an Inspired Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Keisha. Our guest today is Roxana Allen. It was really important that I started out with someone like Roxana. She's fun, she's funny, and she's full of so much wisdom and insight. And she truly embodies what it means to be an inspired woman. Roxana is someone who is constantly working on becoming a better version of herself. She's constantly evolving and is such a beautiful thing to watch. And that's what it means to be an inspired woman. To be able to be in a community where you can watch each other learn and grow and challenge each other. And really, that's what this podcast is all about. A few years ago in my local community in Brooklyn, I was able to start the Hashtag Goals Brunch series. And that's what we did at brunch. In this uncertain time, we can't meet for brunch. But even for those of you that are beyond Brooklyn, it's so great to have you be a part of this community. In this conversation, we're going to cover Roxana's journey as she's been a creative, as she ventures into new opportunities towards becoming a writer. We're going to talk about her successes, um, some of the difficulties that she may have encountered being a woman of color, particularly in the industry, as well as you're going to hear some interesting high school stories between the two of us. And as a bonus, we talk about what's been taking place on social media lately with these battles, specifically the Teddy Riley babyface battle. So take a listen, and hopefully as you listen to Roxana's journey, you see yourself as well. As a lover of the arts, Roxana has always worked hard at helping others achieve their goals by effectively listening to their needs and providing creative direction. A Brooklyn native, She started her career in the arts, playing the piano and the violin. She eventually went on to graduate from Boston University with a BS in communication, concentrating in advertising, as well as receiving an MFA from the School of Visual Arts in Computer Arts. She has worked with various companies and organizations, including the Queens Council on the Arts, Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, True TV, CAA, High Times, Parade Magazine, and is currently a designer for the Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment in New York. Always finding new and innovative ways of self-expression, she is ready for the next chapter in her career, embarking upon developing her skills as a screenwriter and producer. Yay! It's always interesting hearing yourself read aloud. Well, you are amazing. (laughs) I always tell you that. And I know personally your skill level because you did something for me and you just like... Like, I knew you was good. I was like, I know somebody that's this good. I'm always a tortured artist. You know, you always think that you could be better. (laughs) But even I was telling you, I was talking to... So we went to high school together. Our listeners should know that. Um, We had the same major in high school. I don't remember when I met you. It was, uh, we, it was during social... I feel like we met before We that. had to have met before because I've known your whole crew... Yes. ...from before. And you're one of the cool people I love hanging around. Like, you would always drop gems. You would always say something out the side, like, because, you know... <laughs> I'm like, who is she? I like her. You know what my favorite thing is you say that I put you on to? You know, the chicken patty. <laughs> oh, my God. You changed my life. I thought patties, Jamaican patties were only beef. And then you said chicken, You and you was eating that thing. Like, it was it was just like... That's so funny because, of course, I no longer eat meat, right? But Golden Crest had a chicken patty, and it's like curry chicken in the patty. Yeah. And as a meat lover at the time, it was the thing. We probably were on the number two train. Oh, we were. We, we were on our way to the number two train. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. It changed my whole life. I love you told me that like two years ago and it made me laugh so hard. And that's one of the things I love about you. Like Mm -hmm. I know once I'm around you, it's going to be fun. Oh yeah. We're going to laugh. We have to. Uh, But you don't drop some gems too. I got the beverage ready for life. I love it. I love it. I got to keep my wits about me. So, um, yeah, that's why I wanted to start the podcast with you because I felt like you embody what it's about, right? It's interesting you say it because I do have imposter syndrome sometimes, but I try to create a world, since I was a kid, create a world of fun. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I mean, life will be long if you don't have some fun doing it. It might as well just, you know, yeah, be like some type of, I don't know, party. There's so much I want to talk to you about. One of the things that I love about you and the way we've been able to reconnect is that you go places by yourself. You're always like, I would always see you out throughout the years, just at the randomest places. Streets. Yeah. Just out. Um, And I love that about you. But I know like when I started the hashtag goals brunch series a few years ago, like you guys supported and you've been there. And again, I feel like you embody this, right? Because I started that series because I would have these really great conversations with my girlfriends that I didn't feel were being had elsewhere. And I wanted other people to be a part of that conversation. And so it's like a similar thing with the podcast. Like, obviously we can't go to brunch right now, but even people who can't come to brunch um, can be a part of the conversation. And you're you're like the perfect person for this, right? It's going to be a good time. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. You're just awesome. The Gold's Brunch, I could not go because I went and it was just good vibes, good people, just great energy. People were vulnerable. People were open. And I'm like, and the food was slamming too? Listen, that's the only thing we missed today some food. Good food and bad vibes. Or there's great vibes and the food is meh. But it was a two for one. And I was like, and then it's you too? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's get to business. Let's get to business. I mean, I I read your bio. It says the amazing things that you are. Um, But I think most importantly to me, you are someone who you're constantly trying to improve yourself and you're always looking to the next level. Yes. Um, I think that... um, I don't think anybody was meant to just, I think sometimes we have this, this, you know, and I got the Caribbean and the Afro-Latina roots and the, the mentality that I was. I love that. See, this is the thing. See, I, I knew Afro-Latinas when I was in high school. So when people were confused the other day, I was like. Yeah, they're not ready. No, they don't. know this. No, anyway, sorry. Oh, sorry. Ah! Yes. So, um, basically um you know we're taught especially if you're first gen you're taught like get a good job settle down boom and that's what you should do if that's what you really want to do but I've always thought that you know we should always challenge ourselves you know what I mean don't stay too complacent you know something you've done something for years and you feel a little like eh, I always want to try so I'm always like taking a class going to it but as a creative you should do that too you should always be up on your game taking classes seeing what other artists are doing going to not necessarily club but like if you if you like the club you should go to the club but you know going to the art galleries you know uh, going to the concerts listening to different musicians artists and just to get inspired 
because inspiration comes from you got to have some good content yeah so I didn't know that you played the piano and the violin Oh, yeah. I wasn't allowed to go outside and play. I'm an 80s baby, and there was a lot of crack. So <laughs> my mom was like, sit yourself down there. Costa Ricans have Jamaican accents. Okay. Very interesting dynamic. So I wasn't allowed to go outside and play. Um, so um, my brother, he was being teased because he played the piano because, you know, they would stay outside. He grew up in an apartment. They would stay outside um, the apartment building and make fun of him because they thought he was a punk because he played the piano. So he didn't want to play anymore. So they were like, well, let's give it to the girl child. And so there that went. And I played for for about a decade. And then I took the violin when I was like 11. I started piano at eight. And um, I thought I was going to be a musician, but, um, you know, but I love the arts. So I was like, I can't not do the arts, but I know that artistic people don't make money. At least that's what I thought at the time. Ah, tell us more. Tell us more. Well, I love the piano. Piano was a great escape, too. So I I think um, it was a great way to just get away. Like you get it. I don't know. Other musicians get like you get in a zone and you just play. Everything can just like leave you. So I loved um, being able to like dip into other worlds and different spaces, like in my imagination. I, mean, I love that because I again like you've helped me with stuff. Do you remember you made a beat for me? <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was a beat. That was like a loop from logic. I was like, all right, let me play this for like a, a two, three seconds and I'm gonna send it to her and see if she's like I was working on some video, um, I think it was for my Kickstarter and I needed some music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how it came up. You were like, Well girl, I got a beat machine. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I got logic. I'm like, let me just drop you a beat. Let me just hot. I told my friend, I said, yeah, me and my friend, we're going to make beats later. You want me beats? <laughs> drop like hot music like Dylon. You remember Dylon? I remember Dylon selling mixtapes on the beach of Jamaica. <laughs> Not Jamaica, Grenada. He was Grenada. Oh, he was from Grenada? Was yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, shout cool. out to Making the Band. Yes, that was great. Show. That's some 90s stuff. All of the reality Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, see, this is what we do. So back to it. Yeah, we venture away. Yes, coming um, back. So tell us kind of like, what would you say has been where you were like, this is great. I really can make a living this way. Like, what was that moment or what, what led you to that realization? Um. It was a journey. Um, I went to college thinking I was going to be in advertising, be an ad exec. Mm-hmm. I left Boston University. I automatically fan music away. I was like, music is not going to be a career. But I love music still, and I still play my piano. Um, I mean, who knows? Life can bring you in different places. So um, I started, I couldn't get a job. You know, I was in a part of a lot of student organizations in college, but that doesn't equate to job experience. Mm. <laughs> so um, I did a lot of temping out of college and I used to call it big temping, spending cheese, like Jigga, Jay-Z. And I, and I had this hookup with this woman from Atrium Staffing, not to give Atrium Staffing a shout out. You may want to rub that out. Of there. <laughs> Are they still around? They're still around. Are we not okay. trying to get free advertising? Let's, let's wait till you blow up. We need sponsors. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. 
but there was this woman that um, I think her name was Adrian. Um, she hooked me up. So anytime she got a job at her desk, she called me and these two other girls first. So I was in everybody's company. I was in ad agencies. I was at Condé Nast, which every magazine you could think of. I was in financial institutions. I was working like I had a full-time job, but I had no full-time job. Oh. But that was great because I got to see how places moved, like how people worked in their environments, you know? Because I knew I wanted to be an ad exec, and then I was like, but I wasn't sure. I just figured that was the default because I majored in advertising. Mm-hmm. But then when you go into that environment, you see how people really work. You're like, do I really want to do this? And I sat at my desk. I was an assistant account exec temp position. And I was like, this is horrible. I just, this is not my life. I can't believe I spent all this money to go to Boston University. And I hate this. This is sucks. These people are selling toothpaste. I don't want to sell nobody's toothpaste. It was horrible. And I had to, I could have just stayed in that space. But I was just like, nah, you know, my family didn't pick up and travel across seas to come to New York during, you know, and live in a crack decade for their daughter to just kind of sit at a desk and just accept. So you just dropped a bunch of knowledge just now, right? So first of all, you came out of college. It wasn't the ideal situation. And I'm guessing we came out of college around the same time where yeah. um, it was after 9-11 and it was just hard to find a job, period. Yeah. Um, but you made the best of it and you were able to sustain yourself while you were still figuring it out. Yeah. Right. Like you didn't allow that to just stop you in your tracks because, you know, our theme is detours. And so you're told if you go to college, you get access to these jobs. No. And you did that. And it right. Like, where's the job? Some people get it. Some people get the hookup and they intern and they have the. Child, I was spraying perfume at Bloomingdale's when I did my college degree. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm not going to shout out the brands because they're not sponsored. They're not sponsored. Yes. Okay. Yes. Get that dollar. Um, but then you also utilize that as a place for you to gather knowledge and to learn about the various industries and to figure out what worked for you and what did it in terms of a workplace and what was going to be required of you. Right. I didn't know that at the time. I was just going through the motions. But, you know, I love to talk to people when they're not seeming stressed. I'm not, you know, I, like when people are walking by you and they seem stressed out, just like let them, let them walk. But then there's some people that linger. And let them walk. I love that. The little admin and, you know, because I don't know nobody, so they want to vent. And then that was my time to say, hey, so what do you do? Do you like your job? So what does it take to do your job? Mm. And um, I remember working at an ad agency once as in the creative department. So this is the first time I was in the creative area. And I always eyeballed creatives, but I never, you know, when you see something, but you never think that you could be that. You're like, oh, they're so, oh, oh my God, look at them. Oh, oh, but you never, you know, so um, they seem to be having the time of their lives. They were in the back room writing a jingle for for an ad campaign with a guitar and everything, laughing, creating, sketching, coming up with the whole concept. And they were loving it. And I stopped the guy and I was like, what do you do? And he was like, oh, I'm an art director. I was like, stop it. So what do you art direct? 
And he broke it down for me. And I was like, so how does one come to art director? He's like, you know, well, where did you go to school? He's like, well, that's a great school for communications. But if you want to be a designer or someone who's an art director, you should probably go back to school or take a class or two to see if that's your thing. And then if it is, then keep hustling. I was like, okay. So I took his advice and I just took a couple of creative classes and I was like, oh, I could do this for hours with my headphones in and not not mind doing mm -hmm. it. That was the first job I ever had that I could literally do it for hours and be good. Wow. I love that. Again, all the gems, right? Okay. Like, I like to go back to that part where you were like, your family didn't make all these sacrifices to you for you to be in a life where you're unhappy. Right. So just to say you have a job, right? Yeah, it wasn't about that life, no. And then you found somebody who was open and willing to share with you. I think sometimes we go into the workplace feeling like we should know it all and we shouldn't ask questions. Oh, right. Yeah, especially if you're a person of color. You feel like, especially, and then the more um, older you get and the more um, involved you are in a particular position, um, you feel afraid to ask questions because you don't want to seem like this person of color that doesn't know. Mm -hmm. anything like you have to come in being all knowing and all aware and like I freelance like and then you go into a space and they ask you to do something and you're you're not accustomed to doing it and you're afraid to ask say oh I don't know because it looks like this person of color who doesn't know how to mm. but in actuality by asking and questioning and being curious and not even passion because mm -hmm. that passion word is so it, it's it's too much weight on it I think that this, this idea that you have to have this amazing passion that you dreamt for your whole life, it's so, it's so much pressure. I think you should just be curious all the time in every part of your life. And if you feel unsettled, just be like, okay, why am I unsettled? Is there something better? Can I try and get something better? And just ask yourself those questions every day. So I just kind of asked homeboy. And he was like, yeah. He was happy. People love talking about themselves. Even me right now. You see how much I'm talking? Girl, I love I'm it. Like, I love watching you talk life. about yourself. Get it. I'm about my life. And people love talking about themselves. You ask them some questions, boy, they'll be happy to sit you down and tell you the whole situation that's situating. Listen, you are popping. You are, and you know, you hit the nail on the head where you have that. Sometimes you get so you're so unsettled within yourself and you yeah. don't know why. And it usually is because you're not living out your purpose. You're not doing the things that you should be doing. You got to trust that. Right. And not be afraid to be curious about that feeling. Sometimes people push it down, that feeling down. Because we got so much stuff to do. You know, people got kids, people got el elderly parents, and then you got jobs that are like insane, and you got corona, you oh, know? Like, she, she's whooping everybody's. Everybody. You know, we tired. So we, no, people don't have, it's time, you know? Um, it's it's a it's active almost an act of self care almost. Mm. So tell me about your self care as you say self care. I don't have like I could say that. I mean it sounds good, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I do self care now more than I used to. But when I was in my twenties, I was horrible with the self care. And I think as I get older, my body won't allow it. You know, sometimes you um, 
like the stress hits the body a lot more. And so you can't allow the stress. Like you physically can't handle the stress, the things that you're used to. And I think that's a blessing, you know, because imagine us it, like bogging down our souls and our bodies with a whole bunch of stress and drama and everything. I think it's good that my body can't handle stress. But so my self-care is waking up in the morning I um, pray, I meditate, and I ask myself, like, what do I really, 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 really want to do today? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just eat ice cream. But I try to get that done. <laughs> get the ice cream eaten. <laughs> yeah, my ice cream eaten self. And sometimes it's like, maybe I should take that class, writing class, or maybe I should finish that script that I was working yeah. on, you know? I got so many questions. Okay. Be talking about- I love that you recognize the importance of self-care because the way I picture creatives is that when you're on a deadline or when you're constantly creating sometimes first of all there's always the pressure to create something oh, yeah. like there's always the pressure to be inspired pretty yeah. much right half the time I'm not sometimes a creators will tell you like sometimes I'm just not in the mood I don't want to do it yeah <laughs> I just don't want to think right now no and then sometimes you're literally burning the midnight oil with the very, like, I know, like, you worked on a press kit for me. Um, and we I had, like, some crazy deadlines at one point. But, you know, you crank that thing out. It looks so beautiful, y'all. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, you're a great client. You're great. You already knew what your brand was. You knew what you wanted. You had your stuff together and everything. Not to say that all, I love all my clients. Hey. Yeah, but I also, like, there have been things that I've been wanting to do. And I'm like, I know Roxanne is going to ask me these specific questions, and I don't have the answer to those questions. So I'm just not going <laughs> to do that right now. Okay. Um, yeah, we got to the promised land. Listen. So we got there with the press kit, and it looks beautiful. Um what types of classes have you, so, so we're in this time, um, obviously you're still working, you're still putting out content. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been, so you've, you're somebody I know as well, cause you took classes at this place, the same place. Cause we, I'm like, I, people ain't sponsoring me. Let me start saying their names. Ah. <laughs> um, but you did the video editing class at the same place I did it at. Yeah. Um, was, You've taken a couple of classes. I know the other day I spoke to you, you told me you were in a class. What what classes have you been taking lately? Oh my goodness. I've been taking, I actually took a class, it was on motion graphics mm-hmm. and after effects, but I've mm-hmm. been taking a lot of more writing classes. Um, so I know like, which you just to back, move backwards because I can ramble all day long, but you said I go a lot of different places and do a lot of different things. And I do. And it's sad because my, my Instagram does not look that way. Um, you know, Instagram is not real. Yeah. But they say, if you don't, yeah, people you don't think, post, not real. People <laughs> think I'm always out. Do you believe that? Huh? People think I'm always out. Really? Wait, yes. No, not always out? People think I'm always out from my Instagram. And it was crazy. People don't think I go nowhere and I stay in the streets. And I'll be at the house. Stay in the street. This is the, I remember once my landlord was like, not my landlord, but my super. I was walking into my building and he was like, you still live here? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, I thought you was like, I've never seen you. I'm like, because I stay out. This is the most I've been in my apartment in years. Child. Um, but I do a lot of different things. And um, I try to, I forgot what... What was I saying again? You would tell me about the classes. You've been taking writing classes. Yeah, I've been taking writing classes, going into a lot of different writing spaces. So they have um, 
should I say? I think it's good to have resources. Yeah, yeah. Black Film Space, they're really good. Um, they have a lot of virtual workshops where they do readings. There's this young Black woman, Sovereign Noir, where she had a Black women's writing conference this past week. That was amazing. Oh, wow. They had all these writers together to talk about their experience. Um, there's Black um, TV and Film Collective. That's really good. So right now, um, I'm, a, I'm a designer, an art director. I was that. You know, did like different spaces. I started out as a child. I started out as a musician. Then I moved into the creative art direction, graphic design space, which I've had a lot of fun. I had a lot of great clients. And now I feel like challenging myself again and moving into a writing space. But this is scary because moving into spaces as someone in their 30s is scarier than I think someone or as, as an older person. And when you're in your 20s, you have nothing to lose. Because when you start making real money, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this money is too strong for me to, you know, it's hard to um, change once you get stability and comfort and um, some type of flow. And now my soul is telling me switch it up again. Mm. And it's, it's, I'm a different person, you know, in my twenties, I, I was balls to the wall. I quit jobs. I okay. Like, <laughs> you know what, you know what story I want. I was working. I was, oh yeah. Yeah. I was working for all types of crazy companies. I could care less. I was yeah. You don't have to say which company you were working at, but oh. you know, my favorite story. Oh, when I, the office, I took over the office. When you took over the office. Oh my God. That was interesting. And I remember telling my friends and they always heard the crazy stories coming out of my mouth because they had really sane jobs. They had reputable jobs and I had this job. When, when our mutual friend mentioned it, we were, we were, you were over here and I was like, not Roxanna. This is not, I don't know this person. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm good until you test me. Like if I, you know, like I have this this but like it's it's weird. Once again, as a woman of color, you you sometimes you're afraid to speak up. You don't want to seem angry or um, scare people because you everybody get angry and then you get angry. Everybody's like, <gasps> you know. So I'm just being very cautious. But I think and I in disclaimer, I don't recommend everybody do this. Um, you have to put your foot down and it really depends on the company's culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the company that I worked for, they were a counterculture magazine and they were based on um, rebellion. You know, mm-hmm. the guy started the magazine in a rebellious way. He, his, his lawyer took over the magazine and he was all about rebellion. He was the lawyer for a Black Panther. He was a lawyer for him who was crazy. So he, he, the owners and the culture was about rebellion. So me doing this was in the spirit. Sure it was. Of the company culture. Because, um, you know, I told people and they were like, what? What are you doing? Anyway, um, to make this long story very short. Overall, so you had a manager that was a problem. Yeah, they hired this guy who was not really the greatest. The problem is with him is that he's used to big organizations and companies. And sometimes that big business mentality does not translate to smaller business, you know, where you have to get dirty a lot more. You can't just send your assistant to do mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, and I don't think he was accustomed to that. And it was a it was a learning curve for him. Um, and he just didn't mesh well personality wise with the people, you know. Um, one thing I, I pride myself on being is a chameleon. So I can work for 
crazy places, but then I can also work for super structured corporate settings too. Mm -hmm. So I don't think some people can't do that. Some people can't work in corporate areas and some people just can't be in crazy. They need some type of definitive structure. Um, so he just wasn't meshing and I, I couldn't stand him. I just really just felt like he, he didn't know what was going on and he wasn't giving good direction and he didn't like the creative team. So at the time I was a design director, I was managing the, the, um, all the marketing and event graphics and media that's going out. And I was a production manager for the magazine as well. And so, um, he felt that designers didn't need their own office. And so he kicked us out of our office and he, he started doing little things, I guess, to make us quit because he wanted to bring in his own people, which a lot of people do. You know, they, they hire a new president or CEO. They, you know, they let people go on and bring in their own team. But this company was very family oriented and close knit. So doing that was very like, what are you doing? Mm. Um, so um, he kicked us out and put us in the, the bullpen, as you say, like, you know, you have that open office layout. Mm -hmm. which was very distracting for the team. Everybody was upset and they were like, I can't concentrate people in a computer because it was a wild company. It was wild. There was a lot going on. People running around. People do all types of crazy stuff. So yeah. Distracting. If I told y'all the company, you'd be like, what? Um, so I went to one of the head sales guys who was also a shareholder. I was like, this is a problem. I just spoke up. I was like, this is a problem for the team. Is it possible that we can get one of the open offices? Because there was an office that was open that wasn't being used. And it was waiting for one of his friends to come in and take over. And his friend wasn't coming for another two months. Um, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. You know, you have people who are here now who are unhappy and who have given a lot to the company. One guy was there for 25 years. He was the art director. And he was just miserable. Um, and I had two other people um, that was working, that was managing two other graphic designers. But I think one left. That anyway. Um, and he just kind of dismissed it. And so I always tell people it's good to have different types of friends. You know, you can't just limit yourself to black urban professional friends that all went to college, all doing the same thing. I have a, a great diversity of friends. Some of them are thugs. Mm. Some of them are urban professionals. Some of them are of different ethnicities. Like I try to diversify not only in ethnicity, but just in, in, um, lifestyle. So I was telling him about how mad I was. And he was like, you know what you got to do, right? And I was like, what do you mean? About that? He was like, you got to go take over that office. I was like, wait, what? What? He's like, you got to go take over that office. Why are you sitting out? You told them what you, you were unhappy. You know, you're not feeling this. Go, go sit in there. Just go sit. See what they say. You don't want to be there anywhere. If they fire you, they fight. I was like. And I was telling my other friends, my other friends was like, you know, that's just the way it is. That's terrible. You know, and he was just like, you just got to do what you got to do. Mm. Um, so I walk, walked in the next day. I unplugged my computer. And I went in the office. And I started setting it up in the office. People was coming and looking at me like, is she crazy? But they were also like happy that I did it. I really didn't expect the reaction that I got. Right. Because my coworkers were lightweight, happy, and he, the guy that that I was being insubordinate to, um, walked by, peeked in, never said a word to me, never said a word. <laughs> he peeked in and went back and spoke to the main shareholder, and she was like, "You're not firing her." And I was like, oh, "I didn't even know." That. 
to you sometimes you don't know the power you have until you test it yes but you know i also decided to do that on the you know if people are doing publishing and i was a production manager you know what it is to um have a close day which is the day that you send all the magazine pages to the printer um and that's a very important day because if the pages aren't sent to the printer then they don't get printed and no magazine goes on the shelf in time and they lose a lot of money mm. and that was the day that i decided to take over the office so i was like i wish you would fire me on a closed day <laughs> i wish, I wish you, would you fire would on a closed day please fire me on a closed day but they never they never fired me it was a great job it was it, i think that job was where i, I literally took risks and extended myself in a way that i never have but they um overall ended up that story they eventually gave us back our office and um i ended up quitting they never fired me i was i was waiting for it i was, was like i'm out you're hardcore yeah that was a good employee i did my work twice my work i stayed late i was great manager i did everything that was possible that needed i was just that one thing they i never complained and there was that one that thing one and they like oh you she know. had a little gangster in her yeah little we that's my favorite story because i was just like mm-hmm. Roxana is so easy going she's like the coolest person you could ever meet no how did he get her there um yeah you know but- i hate unfairness yeah, but I like that you still maintain control, right? Like it wasn't just all emotion and like you were strategic about it. Um, and we are not saying that you should be insubordinate at your job, but we're just saying that, you know, stand up for yourself. Sometimes you got to pop, not pop off, because I think sometimes when people get too, <laughs> I think people feel the energy and they don't hear the words. Right. Yes. They don't hear the words. So I just, you know, like me and my friend um, was talking about it, Shelly, and she was like, sometimes you got to have that Claire Huxtable. She has that, she has that Claire Huxtable vibe. Right. Yeah, she does. Well, you just (laughs) read somebody real quick and just easy breezy and just, you know, you don't have to, you know, give yourself high blood pressure. You don't have to stress out. You just tell them exactly how you feel. And you just keep it moving or you just act accordingly. Like you unplug your computer and sit in the office and like, I dare you. You know, you do a little thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's my favorite story. Don't listen to me. This That's my it. favorite story. And that just like, it's just kind of, like I said, you are the embodiment embodiment of, of an inspired woman. Like you create great content. You're constantly working towards becoming that that next person uh, but you've done amazing work Roxana you have done amazing okay. work of course you've had your bumps in the road um and and you you know you took it like a champ and, and figured it out you got to I'm still figuring it out I'm figuring out this writing thing because it's new you know and when things are new they seem scary um and as you get older you almost don't want to start from the beginning again yeah that feeling of oh guys like oh my god I gotta learn and then you and then I'm a perfectionist too so which works really well what I do because my job requires an attention to detail but the perfection sometimes can stop you mm. from moving forward and then there's the fear but I I made a promise to myself to do it scared and to do it and and if it looks like or or feels like dookie then it's okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna let it be dukeified and then come back around and and unduke it 
you know, and try to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, um, you know, I, I don't not do it. The worst thing in the world is to not do it. Yeah. Imagine myself not doing the things that I've done, like taking the risk. You know, imagine if I didn't question, I didn't, I always think about it. Imagine if I just stayed at that ad agency and just kept moving up in the ranks as an ad exec. I would be so depressed right now. Mm, we don't need that. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, so we're going to go on to our lightning round. Oh! A bunch of random questions I'm going to ask you. Oh God, you can't you think know? about it. You just got to answer. Are you ready? Yes. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, if I could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, to heal people's pain. I know that sounds weird. That sounds weird, but it sounds very mushy, but you know, like I feel people like sometimes when I'm around people who are really sad, I can feel it myself. It's kind of like, Oh God, I feel everything sensitive. You know, artists I'm sensitive about my, (laughs) you know, so if I can make people feel people that I love feel better. Oh, that's awesome. And that sounds no, that's beautiful. That and that's you. Um, favorite color? Yeah, <laughs> anything gray or earth toned. <laughs> favorite dessert? Ice cream. Ice cream. Celebrity crush? Oh my god! Um, right now, I used to go well, back in the day. I used to be in love with Lorenz Tate. I would, mm, Lord have mercy. This is this is. Wait, this is like you. You edit in this, right? <laughs> Love me some Lorenz Tate. And then I got, you know, um, pinpointed for liking the little, little chocolate guys. What's your dream vacation? Anywhere where I could sleep for, it. <laughs> for at least a day. Just joking. I would love to go to the motherland. I really would love to go to Ghana or South Africa or Kenya. See my people in all of their chocolate-missity. Yes. Goodness. Love it. Yeah. What is your guilty pleasure? Oh my God. Reality TV, unfortunately. I love TV. I just love storytelling. Not necessarily reality TV, but anything that involves a story, I'm just, and, but I don't feel guilty about that. I do feel guilty about the reality TV though. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I know my friend pinned me as the reality show ho. And I was like, really? And then I realized, oh, I am. I am that. I, I It's like an AA meeting. You just have to accept I'm reco- it. I'm, I'm, I'm in recovery. In recovery, yeah. I'm in recovery. Um, what's your favorite thing to do that you haven't done in a while? Oh, play the piano. I have one, but I haven't gone on it and just really vibed out. Like when I was a kid, I would play for like three, four hours at a time. Mm. You know, but I had free time and a job. I, I didn't have a job. So now I, I don't do it as much. But now that I have all this free time, not free time, but, you know, I'm inside in Corona. Um, I'm surprised that I haven't gone on there. Maybe you should. Family. Do that tonight. Maybe you should. Thank you so much for sharing. No. As I said, like I, you embody what this podcast is about and this whole idea of detours and figuring it out. Um, And I love your vulnerability and your openness and you're so much fun. Did you watch any of the verses? I watched um, the one. I watched 
baby face and um we shady face i love him yo i love him i'm here by myself with social distancing yes <laughs> i don't do re- i don't do remixes with his Grammys in the background, just chilling in the, like with his velvet crushed velvet. I wish I had, but you got to take the drink. I don't do remixes. <laughs> He's like, did you write that? Did you write that? Huh. How old were you? Oh. Um, and then I tried to watch. So I grew up in church singing. Um, so they did one last week with John P. Key and Hezekiah Walker. And people were hyped for it. I mean, I was hyped for it because it was like my entire teenage years. Um, The sound wasn't good and I just couldn't take it. And so it's this narrative of, like, there's a lesson to be learned here. Like, this is, okay, Professor Thompson is here, right? Like, if you don't, I had written, like, the top 10 lessons learned from the Teddy Riley baby face. Thing like I'm trying to find it. I think some of the same lessons applied even to that one that I watched. Right? Okay, so here's the top ten learned from the Teddy Riley babyface battle. Less is more. Always. Your gift will shine on its own without amplification. Ooh. <laughs> Surround yourself with people who know more than you. Okay. Okay. Um, no read. Read the signs and listen to others. Okay. Everybody needs a practice run. <laughs> it's okay to leave when things are not working. Shady face. <laughs> Baby face said, "Where the, I'm going to sleep. 10.30, who? Put on his soft clothes. At 10.30, he stayed 10.30, who? Your hype man should not be in focus. Truth. Oh, that was a good one. Like, I'm not saying don't have a hype man. Huh? I'm not saying don't have a hype man, but he can't be the show. No, he can't. No. Okay. Okay. Learn technology even if you don't use it often. Preach. As a technical person, it drives me crazy. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, just... (laughs) (laughs) Because yet you can have the best presentation and if it the technology doesn't work it's gonna be a mess as we saw um number nine bobby brown got all the hits bobby brown he has a lot of hits though he had hits from both of them but number team team face or team riley baby number 10 baby face one listen i love me some baby face i love me i love teddy riley too i think that he developed a sound yeah yeah i mean he he did his thing you can't you can't take that away from him. You can't, you can't. You can't. Listen, you, like, I really, like, I share things with Roxana before, most times before I share it with the rest of the world, um, because I really value your insight. And, like, you'll tell me. Oh, you'll, you'll tell me, you know, and I can't wait for us to make some more beats together. Yes, yeah, so ch- you know? ch- on the ones. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> You inspired me. You made me. I, Keisha would get it popping. I think there was one thing that you told me that was so effective for me. That I really, and I don't think it was so small, but I don't even think you realized that. Cause you, I remember when we was in your house um, and you were like, you know, you should give yourself project, a project or else you'll be spinning your wheels. And I was like, cause what I've been doing was collecting information. But if I give myself a project, cause you can't really collecting information and, and taking a class is cool. But if you are, 
in project and you get the mistakes and the bumps and everything, when you're learning, you're learning. Cool. But when you're in project, there's a different vibe. Yeah. You strategize your way out of a situation or get your writer's block. Or you can't design something like you're not getting inspired to you know, look, do something. Cause you're constantly looking at a blank page or a blank screen. It's, it's debilitating sometimes. But Yeah. And then I think too, cause fear is something I deal with all the time. I'm always like, you know, it's kind of like you said, most of the things I do, I'm afraid to do it all the time. Right. Um, so fear is interesting in that it might not always have be that, that scary feeling, but it might be like, I got to gather information. I got to get, I got to, I'm not ready. I'm not enough. I don't, I don't have what it takes. So I got to get all this stuff. Yes. Instead of just doing it. (laughs) Just do it. Nike will take a sponsorship. Hey, Nike. Come on, Nike. Come on, Nike. Come on, Nike. Bring it. Bring it. (laughs) But yeah, no. And I love, like I say, I love, you are inspiring to me because you always, you always just go do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Pretty much. I think when I think about, you know what, because I grew up with people who didn't. Mm. And I think um, you could tell that they had dreams and hopes and they just never went for it. And I think seeing that as a child, it makes you either become that or the opposite of. Yeah. I'm very like flamboyant sometimes, but my mom is very quiet and timid and keeps to herself. Whereas I'm like, woo! Uh, You're always fun. I mean, you are always fun. That's why I like the story with the place you were working. I'm like, what was wrong with this man? Did he not recognize? No. You have a great worker and she's fun. You know what I'm saying? I have to pop. Many moments of pop offedness that you have to do. I think when you're 5'4 and your voice is like two notches higher than it needs to be and you, someone gives you a title manager and then you actually try to manage and you tell people things they're like who is this little girl and yeah. then you look a little youngish because that melanin be popping they don't really want to listen to you or they want to dismiss you so you have to find ways of getting your allowing your voice to be heard and sometimes they may not be um <laughs> not, it's not the regular way it's not the corporate right. way it's not the normal way you just gotta be creative with mm-hmm. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. But yeah, I, you're amazing. You're amazing. I can't wait to see what you come up with. Oh, I got some stories. (laughs) I got some stories. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit subscribe as we continue on the misadventures of an inspired woman. Follow me on all social media platforms at Dr. K Thompson. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-K Thompson. And check out my blog at www.drkeisha.nyc. I'm so glad that you're a part of our community of goal getters. Be sure to share this with someone else. And as always, be intentional.